0: True. the wind. another one i am free i am free i am free and lost another one i am free i am free i am free and lost another one presence all noise dies down Lord speak to me
1: You're great in your presence. You're great in your power. You're great in your word. You're great in your promises. You're great in all that you call us to do. Lord, you're great in communion as we commune with you and celebrate your broken body and shed blood at your table. Thank you, Lord. Every Sunday we have the elements of communion available in four stations, two in front and one at each side for people to partake and celebrate as they desire. But the first Sunday of the month we have a couple come and lead us in this part of the service. So at this time, LD and Kathy Andrus are coming to lead us in this part of the service. Can we show them some love?
2: I accepted Christ when I was 10 years old. I was brought up in the church. I spent all my whole life in the church. That was six decades ago. In those six decades, I've heard a lot of messages, as you can imagine, a lot of sermons by a lot of different people, a lot of different pastors, had a lot of teaching. I had teachings on tithing, had teachings on the blood the blood of Jesus, you're washed in the blood, the power of the blood, the ultimate sacrifice, Jesus giving his life for us. I kind of got it. I kind of knew pretty much about ultimate sacrifice. I had a friend of mine that died saving somebody else's. So I kind of had an idea, but you know what? Not really. Back when I was... Riding dinosaurs and roping raptors, I actually went to college. I was in a class called Money and Banking, and the professor came up and was asking a question. The question was, What is money? I was a broke college student. When he said the word, What is money? it got my attention. I was perked up. I wanted to hear this. What is money? His answer, money is a medium of exchange. In our society today, this dollar is a medium of exchange. You give dollars for goods and services. used to be backed up by gold. That didn't happen anymore. It's a petrodollar, but we won't get into all that. But this is a medium of exchange. Now, when I was sitting there, something came to me. I'm sitting there and thinking, what's of value to God? What's of worth to God? He owns everything. He made everything. What could possibly be of value to God? What is his what's worth to God? And like a bolt of lightning, it hit me. There is one thing. That is worth more than all the gold, all the silver, all the rubies, diamonds. Think about it. God made all that. God could make a mountain of gold if he wanted to. That's not of worth to God. That's man's deal. Medium of exchange, that's man's deal. We came up with that. But then it hit me. The thing that is worth more than all the gold, silver, rubies, diamonds, emeralds. One drop of Jesus' blood is more valuable than anything in the universe. That's what's got a worth to God. The blood of Jesus is the medium of exchange that God gave a sacrifice for us to have salvation through Jesus Christ. And I will tell you, people, all of you out there who've accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior are rich, rich, rich in the terms of God in the universe. And I'll also tell you, any one of you that have not accepted Jesus, you're poor. I don't care how much money you've got. That money's going to burn and be wasted. You're poor. And guess what? You can have the riches of the universe by just asking, you can't work and be able to get that. You know the term "you're washed in the blood." Think about it. Think about if you're washed in the blood, you're covered. If you are covered by the blood, that debt has been paid in full. There's power in the blood. How many times have I heard that? I didn't get it we think about somebody with 10 billion dollars in our society do we think they've got power you bet they've got power in mankind they've got power that power pales in comparison to the power we have through the blood of Jesus Christ that power is God ordained that's that hit me like a ton of bricks I never got it and all those years, I never got it until it just came to me. And hopefully, it gave an aid to someone here. Now I'm going to turn it over to my wife for the communion so we can pay tribute to these elements that stand for Jesus Christ's broken body and the blood that he shed.
3: will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. So let a person examine himself then and so eat the bread and drink of the cup. Communion is really um, serious to me because when I was growing up, we took communion all the time. But... um, To me, it's a serious thing, and it's really about examining ourselves and not just drinking something and taking a little bread. To me, it's like really coming to Jesus and saying, okay, you know, where do I need to ask for forgiveness? What is in my life that needs to be covered by the blood? What do I need to ask for forgiveness for? And one thing my dad would always pray when we would have communion is by his stripes, we are healed. And by his blood, we are cleansed. And I'd go, I would love to listen to my daddy pray that prayer. Because it's a precious thing. And before we actually take the elements, I want to talk to you about something that has been on my brain. (laughs) And it's really about, you know, Romans 5, 8. Everybody knows that, you know, but God showed his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Reconciled. Think of the word reconciled. Have you ever tried to look up a word and you go, what does reconciliation mean? And you go to the dictionary, it'll say, to be reconciled. (laughs) And you're saying, that's not what I meant. What does it really mean? So, you know, I I I went to the Merriam-Webster, you know, uh, dictionary and stuff, and it talked about balance, to be put in balance. And I thought, that's exactly what happened. Eve she took the fruit Adam they threw the world into out of balance so when the blood was shed for us it put things back in balance just like when someone their guitar is not tuned properly since someone tries to sing along with it and their song their voice is out of balance because the guitar is not tuned properly. It's the same thing. When we are not tuned with Jesus, we are out of balance and things are chaotic and they're a mess. But then when we come to Jesus as our Savior and ask for his forgiveness, he starts conforming us to his image. He starts putting us back in balance. What a wonderful place to be. Back in balance. So.
2: Father God, we come to you today with these elements that are a symbol of the breaking of your Son's body and the blood that your Son shed for us so that we may have salvation through Him. And an open door to you. We take these elements in remembrance of Him.
0: Thank you, Jesus. Amen. All the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry.
1: blood. Thank you for your precious blood that purchased us while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us to demonstrate his love. Some might die for someone who's worthy of their life being saved, but while we were unworthy, Christ died for us. Paid the ultimate price. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Thank you, thank
4: you Thank you Chapter Three. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us and we turn their whole body. and it is set on fire by hell.
1: So we're going to look at this text, which I want to start with the last sentence of chapter 2, which is actually its own paragraph, and then the first paragraph of chapter 3, which reads, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers... "'Knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. "'For we all stumble in many things. "'If anyone does not stumble in word, "'he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. "'Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths "'that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. "'Look also at ships. "'Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, "'they are turned by a very small rudder "'wherever the pilot desires.'" Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. It weighs over two ounces, not more than three, and it can cause a lot of damage. So we are going to cover the subject of our speaking over the next couple Sundays. Today I'd like to speak to you for the next four minutes, few minutes. (laughs) I wish it was four. The next few minutes on the power of what we say. Can we say power? Power. Can we say say say? Our first verse we looked at is, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Now, two statements that comes to mind when I read this verse. Faith without works is dead also. The next statement is, works without faith is dead. There's such a thing as dead works. If your faith is in your works to save you, those are dead works. I know a guy that became a monk to save his family from the mafia. And he's walking around a cathedral on his knees being a Benedictine monk, having faith that what he was doing was going to save his family. And all they did was got more and more wicked His grandfather gave Al Capone shaves. Don't you know he was a trusted guy? A straight razor in his hand at that thug's neck. Works without faith is dead. Dead works. Now that's not really good English. We should say works without faith are dead. But it doesn't really resonate with is dead, right? Faith without works is dead. Works without faith are dead. And words without faith are death. Words without faith in God are death. They'll kill your initiative. They'll kill your creativity. Complaining will do a number on your courage. Criticizing will do a number on your kids. Do a number on your church. Do a number on your career. A number on your ministry. Negative words are not good. They just bring death. But if they're words of faith in God, not that you brag, but in faith... With God's help, all things are possible. The angel Gabriel said that to Mary, and the word for things is the word rhema. All rhemas, which are words from God, are possible. And she said, be it unto me according to your word. And the word she used was rhema. So these things are not possible with man, but with God, all rhemas are possible. And the response was, be it unto me according to your ramas. Proverbs eighteen twenty one. you have this verse on the cover of your bulletin. Look at it closely. It's a rather humorous cover, not just relating to Valentine's, but it does relate to Valentine's because words will kill romance. Can I get an amen from the married folks? Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. What kind of fruit is it? Good fruit or bad fruit depends on whether or not we speak words of death or we speak words of life. It's simple. Words of death or words of life have an impact on our lives. The next verse, chapter 3, verse 1. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter Judgment. Who knows? Leaders are held to a higher standard, are they not? So we need teachers, we need leaders, but we're not in a rush to make somebody a leader because there's a higher standard. Teachers have more accountability. In a school district, teachers that teach our kids, boy, they run the background checks now because of all the wickedness that's in the world. And even here, people that teach children submit to a background check. Leaders have more accountability. But also, believers had accountability too. Where does it say that? Well, look at this word stricter. Brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. Stricter is a modification of the word strict. So we all... We'll stand before God to give an account for our lives, right? So as believers, we have accountability too. Here, to prevent embarrassment, if someone volunteers for ministry, we show them a list of qualifications for volunteers. We want them to believe in Jesus. We don't want unbelievers working for us. We want them receiving from us, right? A desire to grow spiritually, a desire to be baptized in water, if they haven't been since they've been a believer, a desire to have spiritual food in their lives, hungering for all that God has for them. Financial integrity. We don't want our leaders, a volunteer is a leader because they're setting an example for others to follow. So we don't want our leaders having their cars repoed off the parking lot. That's a bad witness, right? So if you're in financial straits, let the church minister to you. We had someone already serving and volunteering and we found out that Their car was in danger of being repoed. And it took about two years for them to get it. But thank God, it didn't get towed off the church lot. We didn't ask them to step down. We just like, oh, man, we wish we'd known this. And then one Sunday, their car disappeared. And their response was, it's paid off. I promise it is paid off. I don't know what happened. Are you sure? Are you sure? This is so sad. We found the car. Parallel with the highway, just past the driveway into the veterinarian clinic next door to us. The car had rolled off our lower parking lot (laughs) and gradually made a turn parallel with the highway and then went up over the driveway for the veterinary clinic and then came to a stop. So our response was, let's put a curb. So we put a curb around the parking lot. And once it was done and stable, I ran a test. I put my little pickup, parked where their vehicle was, and I put my vehicle in neutral, and it started rolling because it's, you know, it's on an incline. And when it got to that curb, it went right over the curb. <laughs> so, so if there's a lawsuit, we say, well, we did our best, you know, so. How did I get into that? Another requirement we have for volunteers is sexual purity, fidelity in marriage to a person of the opposite sex, or celibacy, if otherwise. We just ask that. And sometimes uh, somebody's in leadership, and we have to ask them to step down because they have fallen into some type of temptation. And we do it very gently. We don't do it publicly. I just meet with a person, hey, can we talk? And I tell my story as a missionary, where I had a moral failure and I had to step down and I had to return to the States. I I paint the picture like it was. It was drastic. And all we're asking here is that, you know, you just not serve anymore till this area of your life is lined up biblically. That's it. Sometimes they change churches. Sometimes they just line right up and God brings things in order. So why did I share that? If you're here and you're wanting to Serve as a volunteer. Meet with me after service. We would love to have you on board. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. Stricter. Can we say stricter? For we all stumble in many things. We all do. We all have to apologize from time to time, do we not? If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. If I could just control my mouth, I would have less drama. Can I get an amen? Amen. A point there, our imperfections can be perfected. We are called to be equipped for ministry for the perfecting or the equipping of the saints. So we can't just say, well, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. This is the way I am. Deal with it. I was born Irish, so this is just the way we are. Well, that's, that's not God's will for us. We're told in Romans 12.1 to uh, not be conformed to the world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. The way we think affects the way we speak. We live from the inside out not from the outside in. So this sermon is not about behavior modification. It's about heart transformation because our words come from inside of us. So our imperfections can be perfected if we allow the Lord to cleanse our hearts. Self-control involves controlling our lips. The concept of self-control is foreign to this culture, just foreign. Everything's a mistake. Well, I made a mistake. No, we sinned. (laughs) We lost self-control. We can plead ignorance sometimes. But to say I made a mistake when we did something immoral, that's not a mistake. That's something you intentionally did, planned, all that stuff. Not a mistake. A mistake is, uh, you know, breaking someone's favorite set of China. Just slip, you made a mistake, right? Verse 3, indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body, amazing, a powerful beast that could stomp us in the ground is controlled with some leather and metal. Amazing. Amazing. Small things often deliver large results. Positive or negative. Little foxes can spoil the whole vine. A little piece of you-know-what could create a big stink. So little things. If we take care of the pennies, the dollars take care of themselves, is what Yvette's Father told us. Verse 4, look also at ships. Although they are so large and driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. I mean, look at those monster cruise ships. And then look at the rudder, compare the sizes. It's amazing. Big things are often controlled by little things. The same thing, just saying it backwards. A big difference can be made in our life by making changes in the way we speak. When we get offended, we got to watch what we say. So guarding our heart with all diligence, the Bible says, for out of it flow the issues of life. So when we get offended, I think sometimes we get supernatural help from the enemy who fills our minds with thoughts, things we never thought of for us to say. And we say them because we haven't guarded our heart righteously. We don't have on the breastplate of righteousness. All right, verse 5, last verse. Last verse in the text we read. You know there's going to be more verses. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things, two ounces of my 200 and none of your business pounds. (laughs) See how great a forest a little fire kindles. A match can burn down the state of California. A match can burn up the prairies of West Texas. A mask can burn down the forest of East Texas all the way to Florida. One match. One word, one tongue, one language, one way of speaking can impact the destiny of our lives. Our tongues do more than we realize. Never underestimate the power of words. When I was in Bible school, someone gave me a little book, mini book by Kenneth Hagan called Words. Changed my life. Absolutely changed my life. Changed our marriage, changed my wife's life. When we were tempted, we were really poor then. Lived in an RV and then manufactured house. When we were tempted to complain and we would yield to it, we would remind each other with these words. I believe that you're a prophet and everything you say will come to pass. Whoa. Makes you think twice about building up problems. Never underestimate the power of words, be they written or spoken. Controlling our words begins with our hearts. Here's where the title of the sermon changes. From the power of what we say to the heart of the matter is a matter of the heart. Can we say heart? heart? Listen to what Jesus said about our words and our hearts.
4: Either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by his fruit. O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you, that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt
1: be condemned. The little man dancing around in that scene was a demoniac that had been delivered from demons by Jesus. And he was being accused by religious folks that... He was using the power of Satan to cast out demons. He was was using the power of the Holy Spirit to do it and the authority of his word. And he was warning them about the power of words. And he said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, Matthew 12, 34. This passage is also paralleled in Luke 6. Watch this.
4: For a good tree bringeth not forth corrupt fruit, neither doth a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit, for every tree is known by his own fruit. For of thorns men do not gather figs, nor of a bramble bush gather they grapes. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, bringeth forth that which is good, and an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, bringeth forth that which which is evil? For of the abundance of the heart
1: is mouth speaking. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Matthew fifteen eighteen through twenty. Jesus said, "Those things that proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart." He had been criticized that his disciples were caught eating without washing their hands, and that's nasty, and they're defiled spiritually and he says no it's not what goes in the mouth that defiles us it's what comes out those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart and they defile the man for out of the heart proceed evil thoughts murders adulteries fornications thefts false witness blasphemies can you say maliciousness these are the things which defile a man can we say woman but to eat with hands." defileth not a maneth? Can you say a maneth? <laughs> David prayed in Psalm 19, verse 14, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Can we just pray that together right now? Just whatever posture you have as you pray sitting down and let's read it together. One, two, three. Let the words of my mouth. So the meditation of our heart precedes the words of our mouth. So, Lord, forgive us for our words and the thoughts they come from in our hearts. You know, this is National Heart Month the cardiac organ in our body. It's a good time to get your heart checked. I know one pastor that testified to some other guys that he had had two stents installed and that you needed to go get checked, and one guy did, he needed open-heart surgery. He didn't know it. Well, spiritually speaking, it's always a good time to check the condition of our heart, not just the month of February. Psalm 49.3, my mouth shall speak of wisdom, and the meditation of my heart shall be of understanding. That's a confession of faith. Let's make that together. One, two, three. My mouth shall speak of wisdom. And, of of and all you're getting, get understanding. You hurt, go to the person who hurts you and say, Help me understand. And then you can help them understand. Proverbs 1528 has this principle, the heart of the righteous studies how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours forth evil. Isn't it something how naturally evil comes from our mouths? Don't have to do much thought or forethought. It can just come out in paragraphs, actually masterpiece evil, destroying people with our mouths. But to speak righteously takes some forethought, some wisdom, some understanding, some education from the Almighty. Proverbs 16.1 says, the preparations of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. If it's righteous preparations of the heart, our words glorify the Lord. But if our hearts are unrighteous and we do not make preparations, the Lord reveals the wickedness of our hearts through our words. See that? Proverbs 16, 23, same chapter, verse 23. The heart of the wise teacheth his mouth, and addeth learning to his lips. <laughs> the ETH is a continuation. The heart of the wise taught his mouth. So now he speaks good from now on. No, the heart of the wise teaches his or her mouth and adds, that's a continual thing, learning to his or her lips. Lord, guard our hearts. Some people believe their hearts are good. And they teach their children to follow their heart. Saints, the Bible does not say follow our hearts. The Bible says follow him. Follow him. It says to guard our hearts. Why? Our hearts can deceive us. Our hearts can be deceitfully wicked. Well, I have a good heart. Yeah, and why did you just curse me to the end of days? Why did you tell me to go to you know where if your heart is good? The abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's what the Bible says. We just read it, heard Jesus say it or portray it through a narrator. But the world continues to believe their hearts are good. It's too offensive to them to realize how wicked we are. Without Jesus, I am not worthy of any blessings. I'm as wicked and as evil as the next guy. If there's any goodness in me, it's the Lord who has led me to repentance and the grace extended to me by people who forgave me who didn't have to. The Lord says they have to, but I can't say they have to. And that breaks my heart and does a change in my. Chance the Rapper did a song called The Tongue and the Heart. And his understanding is his heart is good and his tongue is bad, and there's this battle going on between his heart and his tongue. But actually, the battle is going on between the spirit and his heart and his tongue. But it's so cleverly done, it's a masterpiece, I think. Just watch it, read it fast. He goes fast. You may read something and want to turn him off. No, stay with him. He's got the message, this is how people usually think.
5: My heart and tongue are fighting, my mind is undecided. It's not like Trump and Biden, it's more like something private. Like when your cousin's fighting, one of them gets excited. just Jump the gun and pick a side and jump inside it. Remember punches pilot hung a God, and justified it. The truth is slow because someone's always in a rush to hide it. The lies is golden because the devil got a touch of Midas. The soul is brighter because the Holy Ghost is ultraviolet. The tongue is violent when the spirit starts to hunger striking. The thunder lightning makes the heart go on, the bunkers hiding. The lungs are silent when it hears the footsteps of the giants. And then the fingertips, they twist up like Poseidon's trident. Remember safety if you ever running from the titan. Remember Mookie, if they ever come to cut the hydrant They cut the heart out with the tongue, they want it undivided You better not start, you make a fuss, you end up uninvited My heart and mind are beefing I call them rhyme and reason. They always going head to head. I'm trying to sign a measle. My father got a special set of skills like Lyamneson. He told me faith and squinting eyes could turn a blind Venetian. I seen a sign, I'm in the den, I'm with the lion sleeping. I seen the wine, I seen the water turn a bright Tahitian. The heart is somewhere on Hawaiian beaches, tying pigeons to the giant peaches. I want the beat to feel like diegesis. I'm tired of politicians trying to sell us Diet Jesus. That's like dialysis was trying to sell us diabetes. At like you was born yesterday and you gon' die a fetus. The mind's philosophy is all the than my leaders. The mind is quite elitist, that's why they like quiet preachers. They buy our leaders easier than I could buy a feature. That's why the genius always end up on the tightest leashes. That's how I wrote my whole entire thesis. My heart and flesh are racing. that's why I get complacent. That's why y'all get impatient, y'all don't get the invitation. I'm sitting courtside with the nurses during visitation. Watching the vitals with some popcorn in anticipation.
1: Our hearts, spiritual hearts, and our tongues are united. So when we hear things come out of our mouth, that is a revelation, not of our tongue condition, but of our heart condition. Our tongues do what they're told. Now we are threefold beings. I don't want to get into a complex subject here spirit, soul, and body. One day our bodies are going to be replaced. Right now, our minds or our souls are being renewed. Can you say replace? replace. Renew. Renew. And our spirits, if you're a believer, are reborn. Can we say reborn? reborn? So where's the heart in all that? The heart is where those three things meet. is what I believe. And what you focus on is what's going to be dominant. If you focus on your body, your, your body's going to dominate you. If you focus on your mind... Your thoughts, your opinions, that's going to dominate your life. If you focus on the things of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit will lead your life. So the condition of our heart is what we are focusing upon. The center of our being. That's how I understand it. You may have a better understanding. Be sure and share it with me after the service, just not right now. <laughs> so the condition of our heart is so important, so important important. Listen to this prayer. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my concerns. The New King James Version says, know my anxieties. See if there is any offensive way in me. Lead me in the everlasting way or the way everlasting. Can we pray that together? Assume that posture of prayer. One, two, three. Search me, God, Psalms 26:2 says, "Examine me, O Lord, prove me, try my reins. Remember the bit in the horse's mouth? and my heart. Can we pray that? One, two, three, examine me. O Lord, prove me. Try my reins so the heart of the matter is the matter of our heart. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Psalms 51 is a masterpiece prayer of repentance that David prayed when he had really messed up, and he didn't make a mistake. He sinned. He acted wickedly. Why? He didn't guard his heart. He didn't guard his eyes. He didn't guard other things, too. Can we pray this prayer together? One, two, three. Create in me." Do you know our hearts and our mouths are involved in our salvation? Romans 10, listen to this. It says, "The word is near you." In your mouth and in your heart, the word of faith which we preach. What is the word of faith? I'll tell you in a minute. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, there's a word of faith. And believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord, from their hearts is implied, shall be saved. It's important that we share that truth with everyone if they're not able to hear the whole gospel, say, listen, he died for our sins to save us for eternity. If we'll just call on him for help, we can be saved. I hope this doesn't blow your minds too much, but if you share that with people and in their dying breath they call out to the Lord, I believe if it's called from their heart, the Lord will apply his finished work of their life. Because he is the word of faith. How long is a second to God? It's long enough to say, Jesus! It's long enough for God to hear you. Peter, in communicating God's relationship to time, said, one day is as a thousand years And a 1,000 years is as one day. So that equation communicates that time isn't to God what it is to us. To us, 365,000 days is like one day to God. And to God, one of our days is like 365,000 days to him. So, if that's an equation, a ratio, 1 to 365,000 plus 250, if you want to include leap years, what is one second to God? It's 365,250 seconds. How long is that? It's a little over four days. There's time to get saved. So we must tell everyone about the power of the name of Jesus. Tell what he did for them. Don't do a rush job because they'll do a repeat after prayer just to get you off their backs. Hey, I prayed with you last year. (laughs) Well, I don't see fruit in your life. Well, then you're going to get into behavior modification. You know, you guys are running our country. That's going to mess up your evangelistic efforts. Share the gospel and the power of the name of Jesus. And who knows who we'll see in heaven that we didn't think made it. Amen? I have a friend named Clark who fell away from the Lord. And he now travels in a wheelchair giving his testimony. And this is his testimony. He fell away from the Lord and started dealing drugs and got in a bad drug deal and was shot dead. And he said in his dying breath, his whole life passed in front of him. He said seconds were plenty of time for my whole life to pass in front of me and for me to cry out to Jesus. Not only did the Lord resurrect him, but left behind some scars to remember and never stop following him. He's declaring the power of the name of Jesus. No matter what stage of your life, call on him. Jesus told the parable of a guy that needed to hire some workers, and he went down where the workers were hanging out and hired a bunch of them, and they agreed to work for a full day for a day's wage. About noontime, he realized it wasn't going to be enough guys to do it, so he went down and got some more, and they agreed to work for him for half a day for a day's wage. You see where we're heading. We got down to the last hour. The sun is setting. He went back and hired some more guys to work one hour for a day's wage. And then he chose to pay them from those who worked the shortest in sequence to those that worked the longest. So when those that worked the longest saw those who worked the least get paid the day's wage, those who worked the longest got excited and thought they were going to get paid more than they agreed to. And when the story ends, they're all upset because everybody got paid the same. And of course, being good Americans, they would say, it's not fair. You know, some of the parables are full full of points that it's not fair. You've got the prodigal brother's prodigal elder brother, who's also wasteful, saying it's not fair. The master said to them, why are you upset at me because of my goodness? Because I'm generous, why are you ticked at me? I fulfilled my promise to you. So we're not encouraging people to preach a gospel of deathbed repentance, but preach the gospel in the power of the name of Jesus, and I believe God will use it. Let's pray. Lord, I pray for our hearts. Lord, help us to search our hearts today. When we hear mentions of National Heart Month, American Heart Month. When we see people wearing red, uh, if we need to go get our hearts checked, let's let's do that. But our spiritual heart, Lord, may we use it as a reminder. Lord, may may February be a jump ahead for each of us spiritually, that our hearts would be healed, whole, and guarded, and focused on you. And our words are going to follow suit. In Jesus' name. Lord, when we hear unwholesome words come from our mouths, may we be aware we've got to run to the master with our hearts for some cleansing. In Jesus' name. Amen. days you get an edited version so save some time listen to it again because i want the word to go deep i want it to have impact in us and if you find it helpful then forward it to others not for the sake of generations but for the sake of the truth because america needs this especially this year it's an election year like no other and our hearts have got to stay right The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. The peace that passes understanding. Hebrew peace, shalom. the Peace that brings wholeness. The peace that is based upon conquest and not compromise peace that comes from a heart that's fully surrendered. Lord, may these songs of surrender that we love to sing, Lord, may they be reality in our lives. In Jesus' name. Lord, cleanse our hearts, heal our hearts, teach our hearts, and help us to be faithful to guard our hearts. In Jesus' name, everybody said, go get them, tigers.